Hello, and welcome to another episode of Flapping and Fawning. How are you, Flapjack? You know, I'm doing okay. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm feeling very mellow today. Uh, I don't. It's, it was a busy weekend. Um, I had a lot that happened. I think the biggest thing, though, for me is I just got featured on... Um, my Camp One Kiki siblings podcast, Squirrel Talk. So I got to go on that. That was really fun. It was such a good episode. If y'all haven't listened to that episode, go check it out. It is amazing. I listened to it today. <laughs> yes, we uh, we discussed the newest episode of Canada's Drag Race season three. So the episode was Bitch Stole My Look. I think that was what it was called. And uh, it was episode four. So it was great to catch up with her. And it was really cool, too. Like, I learned a little bit about podcasting based on the way they do it. And I was like, ooh, okay. And I love how much of their podcast is a lot of catch up and a lot of, like, just talking about their lives. And mm-hmm. just, it's kind of like Canada's Drag Race is like a... It's the background. It's a, yeah. Yeah. And it plus, it was also funny, though, Hillary worked with a lot of these people, so I felt like yes. I got a lot of insider knowledge <laughs> that you don't normally get on, like, review podcasts. Um, it was very funny. But I was like, you have to work with these people. I'm just going to be super honest. <laughs> and uh, if I rip them to shreds with my uh, critiques, then so be it. But anyways, how are you, Fawn? I'm doing well. I'm swell and a little swollen. Oh. Oh. Are you talking about your asshole? Yeah. Well, that too, but... <laughs> I am a little blue in the hair because I've colored my hair this weekend. Nice. I love um, it. I saw on Facebook that you were thinking about cutting a lot of it off. And I'm I'm glad that you went with the blue instead of yeah. the cut. But And I was like, if I hate it, I can just cut it off because I'm already exactly. thinking about cutting it off anyways. Yeah. So, I love the length. Yeah. I love an I love the length. Long hair. It's just like, I'm tired of the tangly. Mm. Yeah. Your hair gets tangled? Yeah, because I think it's it's only the bleach parts that get tangled. Interesting. Wait, okay. So I've never actually dyed my hair. Um, like, in my life ever. The craziest thing I've gotten done to my hair was a perm, which I did, like, this year. Um, so when you... Like, does it take you a long time to fix your hair, first of all? I Do you know what I do every morning? No. I slick my hair back and then make a middle part with my fingers. Is, is that it? You That's just, literally all I do. Go. Like, yeah. Whenever my hair is like wet out of the shower, I don't even like hair dry it or anything. How do you give it volume? Does it just, it just come naturally? Wow, you <laughs> bitch. <laughs> I stress out about my hair every morning. I don't know. Which like part of it's also because I like brush it straight back. Yeah. And that's not the direction my hair grows. Oh, so it just so is it's trying to dry with volume. Correct. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Mine. So like I have like a wavy hair texture naturally and so when i got the perm it was because i had been trying to make the the waves be curls and now it's like okay now they're really curls yeah so i thought it would be easier like i could just kind of get up and go every day but no like i have to like use some conditioner and then put some gel in so it's not super duper frizzy or some mousse or well yeah i mean i've never put a mousse in my hair um (laughs) what about an (laughs) ale Or a caribou. Uh, no, just red can bruise. <laughs> Not sponsored. <laughs> but yeah, okay. That's interesting. I have always wondered about how you do your hair. Yeah. Do you think I should dye my hair? I want to do it. Absolutely, if you want to. <gasps> this is my first time that I've done something that wasn't blonde. Oh. Yeah. Re- wow, okay. So you're exploring. Yeah. I live. What do you think of the blue? Um, I'm here for it. I went like safe for it to be like a wild color. I wanted something dark mm. that wasn't going to be like... Bam, in your face. Yes. Because, like, first time I was either going to go pastel or dark. And I went dark, and I'm pleased. 
It's V cute. I like it. Thank you. Now is the is, <laughs> thank you. Is the inside brown? Like uh, your your roots? Yeah, that's just that's where just my sure roots have hair. like have grown the fuck out. Oh, okay, okay. Which is part of why I was considering chopping the blonde off. Well, it kind of looked darker, so I was like, I wasn't sure if there was. something I mean, we that you put did, some of the but... blue on there, and it like mm. darkened it a little bit, but a lot of the blue on the roots has like washed off. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. I see. Well, well, has there anything else that happened to you since we last spoke? I got stung by a fucking yellow jacket. Not a yellow jacket. Goddamn, the South. Yeah, and like <gasps> the no. where I live, the high school that's nearest my house, which is where most of my family went, their mascot is the yellow jacket. I had never been stung until about a month ago. Wait, what a high school do you live? Macadori. You live by Macadori High School? Yeah, that's where my whole family went except for me. I thought you were like way closer to Birmingham than that. No. Is that far? That's kind of far, right? I mean, it's like a 25-minute drive. Okay. And I'm not one of those people who thinks 30 minutes is a long drive, but I just, I don't know. I thought you were a lot closer than that. Wow. Damn. Yeah. And like, I've never been stung in my life until about a month ago when I got stung three times at once uh not once not twice and then this weekend got stung and it was worse than any of those other ones (laughs) and i'm sure like if that would have been caught on camera (laughs) i would be making so much money yeah (laughs) not a viral fawn getting stung by a yellow flap jacket um Damn, I'm sorry. That sucks. Yeah. But I, you know, I I know that you have one really swollen foot now, yeah. and I am personally not a size queen, but <laughs> I do think that you could make a lot of money with that with the right market. Right. Um. You know, you never know. Anything else that happened, or you just? You, I got to meet some of my partner's friends. We went to a party in Huntsville for their sister's birthday. Oh, I love it. Was love a cute it. little moment. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Their family, like their sister, is always the best. So, what about you? That's I think so you had a little party yourself. Yes, we had a little soiree. Um, we had, my partner and I threw a fruit-themed party for no particular reason other than the fact that we are fruits and it is getting towards the end of the summer and I just wanted to celebrate surviving the busiest time of year for me with my job and I hadn't. there were so many people I hadn't seen in a long time and oh my God, look at this. I still hate that I wasn't there for that because, oh my God. I made this fruit hat. Now, it's I not like this fruit hat. like what you're probably thinking of, listeners, is like like the Chiquita lady. It's not like that. It's not a head wrap. It's literally just a hat. I found a Z outlet, and then I glued a bunch of fake fruit to it. It's like almost like a fedora. It Exactly. Wide brim, though. Yeah. I, I don't know. I live for it. I love this. Fruitiest thing I own. I kind of want to wear it in drag, but I don't know what I'll do with it. But yeah, look out for my fruit hat. Coming to a bar near you. Is there not like a song about fruit? There's got to be. Fruit salad. Yummy, yummy. <laughs> um, Marina and the Diamond had the whole album that was called Fruit. Oh, really? F-R-O-O-T. I know. Watermelon sugar. Ha! And then maybe yeah. blame it on my juice. Anyways. Yeah. So got the fruit hat. And then also we um did some podcast upgrading. Yeah, you know, I I got a little bored this weekend. Like once once we had the party and it was done and everything, I was like, hmm, what should I do? And so I upgraded us a little bit, and we have a soundboard now. I don't know. I don't know which one to press first. 
Ooh, soundboard. And uh, now all of you listeners can hear the gorgeous sounds of my Camp Wanakiki siblings um, saying things. Oh, there's bugs. I hate bugs. Oh, I hate bugs too, Opal. All right. <laughs> Flapjack was busy. While I was busy getting stung by a yellow jacket, Flapjack was being <laughs> productive and actually making us a soundboard. But I mean, we had there were other upgrades too. So y'all are gonna get to hear a lot more interviews now. We are able to call folks directly from our studio <laughs> that's in our my house, um, and you can hear it on the uh, you can hear it on the pod. So that's gonna be really nice. And I hopefully got a new mic, or I got a mic that will hopefully get rid of the background buzz that we had in our first few episodes. So I'm excited to up the ante. Yay! Oh, thank you, thank you, everyone. Uh, we also got a live studio audience, yes. um, and they are here. Wow, they <laughs> wow. are not going down. <laughs> they love us. <laughs> oh my god, yes. Um, and just so you know, the these podcast upgrades, we love doing this podcast, but also they were not free. So if you could support us by buying some merch or sharing the podcast with a friend, yes, that would help us out a lot. Because all those ads that you hear um, during the pod. Those go to us and it helps us pay for this little shindig. And if you are a business owner out there and would like to sponsor us, we are taking sponsors. We are taking sponsors. And we just want to continue making amazing content for y'all. Even though All Star 7 is over, that doesn't mean we're going to stop our our podcast. It's only the beginning of our journey. But speaking of All Star 7, there was some All Star 7 tea. All the people that were like spilling all the stuff about everything basically uh-huh. yeah like following the show the show being over now right are you listening to sibling rivalry I, with monet and bob only one of them has come out right the first one yes where well it was like right when monet got cast you well they they released the second episode today actually so at the time oh, i was filming there's one so th- what they're doing is they're documenting monet's time preparing for and then the follow-up of her going to film yeah all-star seven so you can find out exactly like the episode they just had they go through every single winner that was around at the time and they i say, saw that one is so-and-so coming how do you think they'll be do you think they'll be strong competition and that was really interesting um and then they just released one today where they watched all-star the first episode of all-star seven back and monet was like okay so this is what you saw here's what really happened um and it's really good so i'm following along and it's really nice to see like some of the things that you and i suspected of going on as well uh, actually happening or i just completely shocked me wish we could have seen the raja blowing up on michelle i know i'm very excited for this episode three (laughs) like t like yeah right uh, I can't. Yeah, I can't wait to to learn more about that. Um, and I wish they would release it. You know, why are they so scared of drama? Right. You know, I clearly like, the girls are like fine with it. Exactly. Clearly. Clearly. I wonder if I wonder if it's the the judges that have the issue. Um. So yeah. Well, do you want to jump in today's episode? Why not? Let's do it. So today, uh, Fawn and I are going to be talking about queer representation in media. We've just been watching a lot of stuff and seeing a lot of gay folks and some trans folks and some non-binary folks and some bisexual folks and some trisexual folks (laughs) and all the two spirits and all that good stuff all up in the TV. So we're going to be talking about queer representation in media after the break. And we're back. Hi, horse. So, there's this great movie. Yeah, tell me about it. 
that my partner and I just saw. I've been like telling everybody that I've had the chance to that they need to see it. Also, forewarning before we get into this, we are covering mm. things in media. Right. We're going to do our best not to give away spoilers for those of you that would like to watch the shows or movies that we are going to discuss. Exactly. Um, we don't have no, no time for spoilers up in here. I hate spoilers. I hate coleslaw. It's disgusting. I think I just hit two bad <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> I kind of love the demonic laugh over, over coleslaw. coleslaw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're still learning with the, uh, the, the soundboard here. <laughs> but one movie that I have been like obsessed with that I will see again, will watch again. I am obsessed with this um, writer, producer, whatever, mm-hmm. everything. Um, Jordan Peele. Yes. His newest movie, Nope. Yeah, I really want to see it. Um, Because I've seen Us, and I have been meaning to watch Candyman and Get Out. Like, I really want to see those. As someone that does enjoy the horror franchise, and especially now that we have black representation, that mm-hmm. is, like, truly black representation, black produced. Like, we need that yeah. in all forms of franchise all forms of media, but horror is one that it is severely lacking. So it's great to see it thriving and it is so good. And Jordan Peele has done such a great job. I did not expect Jordan Peele of all people to be the director that's breaking this boundary. Cause like I always so knew good. them from key and Peele. Yeah. Um, and like, I just knew that, okay, they're super funny, but right. they've had these incredible horror slash thriller films, you know, like um, what else? Get out was another one. Yeah. Uh, Get out. Candyman. Candyman. Us. Us was us. so good. Yeah. And now Nope. Yeah. So good. I um, have only seen Get Out, so I need to I've seen get us it together. And Nope. I would love to have like a movie night where we watch Get Out or yes. not. You have. Or, nope. You've seen Get Out. I've seen Get Out. We could watch like I would be down for Nope. Us. Or Candyman. I would watch Us again. Well, there's another horror film that I really want to see called They Slash Them. Oh my God, yeah! I think I sent that to you like a really long time ago when the trailer first came out. And I was like, I just, I want to see this. And I don't know, I don't know the context of it. I'm not sure if it's like... I think it's going to be good. By queer people. Okay. I don't don't know. I'm nervous. I remember (laughs) reading an article on it, but I don't remember what the article said. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's very helpful. Like, I mean, I know that it's about it's like based at a gay conversion camp, yeah. And the and like the the movie title, if you were just to look and at it's it, it's got Kevin Bacon. It's got Kevin Bacon. Yeah, is that the is that the main killer dude or the white guy? That's the main white guy, okay. like the one probably like the over villain. the conversion camp. Mm, okay, okay. I mean, if you just look at it, it just looks like it says they them. Like if you were saying pronouns, but right. really it's they slash them, which. I, I find it very interesting. But anyways, I love it. you were telling me about Nope, and then I interrupted you. Oh, but Nope. Nope, I wasn't. <laughs> but um, Nope. <laughs> so it's really, it was something that I didn't expect as somebody that had like seen the trailers, and it's not something that's like overwhelmingly thrown in your face. Kiki Palmer plays Kiki Palmer. Um, a queer woman in the movie work she's like talking about like having interest in queer in women and like stuff like that and it's such a nonchalant like that's just an aspect of her character and that's Mm -hmm. not her whole identity as a character and that was beautiful to see yeah um because there is a lot of times we see queer representation and like that's their whole being yes oh i'm a gay man (laughs) but like or they're like fall into a trope where it's like oh the the their love interest has to die. Yeah. Um, 
or oftentimes they're the villain, like yeah. coded or just blatantly the villain. And that also like prompted me to be like, wait, is Kiki Palmer queer? So I ended up doing like Googling and read an article from 2019 that she like apparently really came out in a song in 2015. And I'm like, where have I been that she's been <laughs> by this whole time? I, like yeah, it was a music video no in 2015 where she like basically like left a man's house that she was like, and then ended up at like a woman's house. And it was like, I don't know. But she's bi and like, I love that. Yeah. I mean, I want a Kiki. Which like also like to me, like makes her being a judge on Legendary like so much sweeter. The fact that she is queer. I did not know she was a judge on Legendary. Yeah. On the most recent season, she took over Megan the Stallion's seat. Wait, is she like a a season judge? Like the full season or is she a guest judge? (gasps) Really? Have you not seen the most recent season? No, I have not seen any of legendary i i well okay i've seen like an episode and then i knew that in this in season two ajala beja was in it as that's season three season three yeah there's three seasons of legendary already oh my god i didn't know that bob the drag queen was a guest judge this season which is season three Mm -hmm. okay okay yeah i knew about bob and being a guest judge and so i I just thought it was interesting that aja was in the actual competition okay we'll work okay come on kiki because she's the house of la beja Yes. Well, I love that Kiki is getting um is getting this attention as a as a queer woman and is absolutely getting to play that because I think oftentimes we see straight folks playing queer individuals and I just think it's so much more authentic and it just feels more <clears throat> right to me when queer people play queer people. And it's like an even added layer of not as seen as often that needs to be seen when you throw in that she is also a queer woman of color. Oh, yeah, that's totally true. That is not seen nearly enough. So it is, like, beautiful that we are getting this representation. You know, one thing that I was shocked about with, or I, I guess not entirely shocked with, uh, but when I saw it, I was like, oh, my God, wow, that's that's happening. I think this is happening. And then I Googled it, and I was like, oh, my God, that's totally happening. And it was when my partner and I started watching She-Ra and the Princess of Power <gasps> on Netflix, yes. right? Super queer. I had no idea. I really didn't know what I was getting myself into. I am so, like media unaware i guess and like i started watching it and i was like wow this is gay as hell and um they actually have a non-binary character that yes i i really yes. loved how they handled it and everything it was great um, like i've seen so many memes like with fictional non-binary characters mm-hmm. and like every time i send it to somebody like one time i sent it to my partner and they were like i don't know who this green elf looking thing is but i like them and i yes. was like well they are canonically they them <laughs> and they are from she-ra on netflix you need to watch yes it. it's so good it's so entertaining like it's not it i don't know it doesn't feel like a kid's show it's kind of like avatar it's the last to me what the beauty of a lot of modern cartoons that are the truly like good cartoons that are digestible and understandable for a child but also will still have a overarching story that is still keep the attention of an adult totally i i love it i was thinking i thought a entertainer of the year talent number for she-ra would be really really cool um but i'm not entirely sure how that would work but yeah i mean because it's also like this one i am going to give a spoiler for because it's been out for so long it's kind of like um not avatar but the spinoff legends of Korra, Korra, that had the very like lesbian ending well okay Okay, hold on. My brain's going in like five different directions. Okay, let's come back 
to Quora because I wanted to talk about that. But oh, I, I didn't know you. Yes, I know. No, no, no. It's not. It's not in the notes. But I okay. just thought about it. <laughs> but with Shira, like, okay, I, the thing I loved about the character that's non-binary, the green lizard-looking thing, yeah. that their name is Double Trouble, and mm-hmm. it's played by a non-binary actor as well. And the whole time they refer to um, Double Trouble as they or them pronouns but the thing that i really 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 like about it is that this character is also a villain and they still respect their gender identity even though they have these issues with them as a villain right you want to go further deeper on that for another show that does that? Ooh, take me there take me there steven universe oh i have not seen that either I need it's to. so good I i'm obsessed um they actually had jinx in an episode oh like monsoon yeah oh work um and i don't know that she played a they them character but it was like she played a honestly the way steven universe works the crystal gems are like these aliens they're not like aliens in what you think of aliens they just are beings from outer space mm-hmm. um and they're like powered by their crystal gem blah, 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 blah. it's a really good show <laughs> but they are all they don't have gender and this show has like tackled queer issues like very yeah. good like i love this show there's a reason queer people love it um but they don't have gender but they go by uh she her pronouns all of them do oh yeah oh, all, the all the gems go by she her she her pronouns even though they are genderless okay interesting and jinx monsoon got to play one of the gems so that was like incredible representation for like queer people as well as drag artists like there's more that you can do outside of just lip syncing at a bar exactly and um, well okay and maybe this is well, no no this is still within the realm so like did you hear about Shea Coulee yes with Marvel yes like recently being announced in the Marvel Cinematic Universe which, which we don't know if she's doing that in drag or out of drag yet oh interesting but she has cast I bet she's in drag, right? I mean, why would she She's a recurring she role, though. We do know that <gasps> much. Okay. That's so all we know. Is- I, I did not realize this about Jinx, but I, I think it's one thing to have, like, a drag queen be a voice actress or voice actor or whatever. What's the non-binary word for actor? Actor. Actor. Because a lot of... Boo. A, well... Patriarchy. Well, here's the thing. They've, we've skewed away from using the actress mm. at the end, and just calling everyone an actor. Door. All right, I'll take it. Um, well, yeah. So, like, I think it's one thing to, for a, a a drag queen to be a voice actor, but to have them be visually seen yeah. in a, such a major um, industry or a franchise as the Marvel Cinematic Universe, even though it's like a Disney Plus TV show or whatever. Like, it's not like it's not like she's gonna be up there next to Iron Man, but still, like. That is amazing, you know? Like, that, that, that to me, like, that completely broadens my horizons at what I can do as Flapjack. I, did, I didn't even and consider it's something funny you like say Iron Man because oh, the is show is Iron, Iron Heart. Oh, okay. Which is like, it's complicated. I read about it. I don't really know that much about Marvel. But the, like, main person in iron heart is like a woman that builds her own suit that's kind of like an iron man suit mm. so she kind of like takes on iron man's legacy so are you like into like super into marvel no i can't i'm super up. into dc uh oh yeah look <laughs> dc had a gay green lantern 
No, boo. You're booing a gay Green Lantern. I'm I am booing all the things. I don't like DC. Mm-hmm. I I'm definitely a bigger fan of Marvel. I I don't know. I'm not that I'm, I'm not that much on a high horse love, about it. But I love DC. Ugh, really? Like, that's what I grew up on, and I would like literally rent, like take the some of the Green Lantern stuff from like the public library and I would just read it and I would just get so encapsulated in the entire universe of just the Green Lantern alone is astounding. Well, I'm sorry that I booed your childhood. However, yeah. I think that the movies for Marvel are so much better. Oh, I'm not denying that. But now there's more Marvel movies than there are Drag Race franchises and I just, I can't keep up. You well, know, there's so know. many. Drag Race just announced Brazil, so. And Germany and Mexico. Can you believe Talk about queer representation in media. Are we sure media. there's more drag? I think we're about to have more drag race franchises than Marvel movies if right. we don't. True. I know. If, if we don't have some more homophobia in the world, <laughs> so we got to get to it. <laughs> Anyways, where where were we? I feel like we went completely oh, off but the rails. On the topic of Steven Universe, bringing him back to that. Yes. Not only did they have Jinx. There's also a lot of love stories. There's one that was an actual wedding. Um, and these are female presenting. They go yeah. by she, her. Two of the gems got married. I didn't realize that all of the gems were, I guess, well, I guess if they're, if they're all genderless, then they are all genderless but I, I guess I didn't realize that they all went by she her so that's because I thought more of some of them were more male presenting but I guess that's not the case no they're all they're all she her genderless female presenting granted not all of them are like overly feminine mm. but they're still a little like some of them are a little more ambiguous there are a couple yeah. characters that are like I could see that going either way but as a whole, they are largely female presenting. So it's like interesting the fact that they had some, there was one character that very clearly had a crush on a different character. Mm-hmm. There was also like, there was an actual wedding canonically in the show. And it was something the creator had to like fight tooth and nail for to make sure it would get onto Cartoon Network. And she had to wait, like she had to time it. And wait until the show had a big enough following. That way she could get away with it. Mm. Interesting. Uh, it sucks that we have to like beg, borrow, and steal to have those things. But yeah. it's also awesome that there are such phenomenal queer trailblazers who are willing to put so much on the line and to right. work so hard to Especially make it happen. for visibility for children. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot that has opened up now for children. Whether it be Sesame Street, whether that be Arthur... There's so much. Whatever. I mean, you see it on Disney Channel too, right? I think that a couple of years back they had like their first ever like lesbian parents or something in a Disney Channel original so. TV show. Um, and, you know, not not like a main character, but a recurring character. I think yeah. that's, you know, it, it just needs to. Yes, this is something it, kids need to see that. Yes, this is something that's normal that they could encounter in their life. And these are people who deserve respect. And Disney's one that I like expect nothing less than like them doing that kind of stuff just based mm. on like the precedents that they had. They have set for themselves of like accepting and loving everyone, especially with like how much of a big deal it is at their parts that they are loving and accepting to all people, regardless of gender, um, sexual orientation, race, whatever, like Disney parks are like, so built on that kind of establishment that like, of course their shows, 
need to follow suit. Mm-hmm. I think that makes yeah. I I agree. That makes sense. I I don't think it was always that way though. You know, yeah. I know that with with Disney in particular, it was like. N- I, I don't know if they ever officially recognized like a pride celebration in Disney, but I know that they have pride merch now You're because sure? we were there. I think I they do now. Sure. Um, I think they do now. I actually have one of my friends got me a Disney pride cup one time when, when they went to Disney. A cup? Like you play baseball? It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't say like, <laughs> it might actually say pride. I can't remember. I'll have to look at it, but hmm. it's rainbow and like, that's some kind of cute little happy, like basically live your truth quote. Well, work Disney. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, what are some negative examples of queer representation in media that you've seen? Disney. Disney. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and after you, after you compliment Disney. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I mean, because it's one of those things for a long time. It has been the, there's a reason queer people identify with villains. Mm. It's because of the queer coded villain, which goes back so long into Hollywood of the only way because of certain rights there. I forget what it was. I was like very well researched on this at one point, there was a certain law kind of thing where you couldn't have somebody positively portrayed in that light. Oh yes. Which is where the queer coded villains come from. Mm -hmm. If you wanted somebody that was not going to be the quote unquote, like hero, it was like morality kind of, clauses of like producing that was really big and like this boom of Hollywood era that like you couldn't have queer people like there was like stuff about drinking and all of that too there was a lot of like strict rules and if you were going to have somebody do that they couldn't be a hero of the story mm. well you know it's interesting you say that because I when you brought up Cora to me that was an example of negative representation. I don't know. To me, it felt like it was just tacked on at the end. And if you go back and watch it, like, yeah. Oh, I guess also, I guess spoiler for Cora if you haven't seen it. But it's I mean, been out I for already a long time. announced that it was a spoiler. True. Oh, it's been out job. long enough. I yeah, it has. Go back and watch it. You know the thing. Like, I'm not going to spoil the ending for... Um, nope. Well, that too. But what we talked about Steven. she-ra she-ra i'm not oh, gonna spoil yes. the ending for she-ra because like that's only been out for a couple years mm-hmm. no it's a bit more recent yeah cora's been out for i don't know how long now like a decade probably i don't think quite Almost. a decade but who knows i don't know but anyway i need another i need another avatar show though it, exactly oh yeah they, they talk, i think they are doing another avatar i always hear that but i never hear actual i hear people saying that i think netflix is doing like a live action thing are you sure because it's a paramount thing also, the last Avatar thing I didn't watch, but I heard was terrible. That was live action. Well, the yeah, movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we don't talk about her. It, we don't talk about Bruno. Horrific. No, absolutely not. Um, but no, the thing I didn't like about Korra was that I, I loved the show, but when it, when it just randomly turned into this lesbian love story in like the last like two or three episodes... I was like, what the hell's going on? Um, because like it, they had pushed this one relationship between yeah. Cora and Mako, right? The For the whole season. And they had pushed the other guy with the other girl. It's been a minute since I yes. watched. No, it's okay. Um, I, I feel you. I'm <laughs> trying well, to talk about these characters, but I don't know. And then when I went back and watched it, I was like, I kind of see it, but it really, they're really just friends. But I don't hate it. Yeah. I, I'm glad it happened. And I, I'm, it was a step in the right direction, but I don't know. I want you to be open and affirming from the beginning, you know? And like, 
Speaking of characters that are kind of like queer coded, to me, one of the sisters in Encanto was a little queer coded, but wasn't like specifically said that she was queer. Wait, the strong one? Yeah. Oh. To me, she seemed very queer coded. We love a queer woman. I didn't think about that. Yeah. She seemed very queer coded to me. And I could be reading into that. I thought Bruno was queer coded. Maybe. I That could be the true queer coded one. I've watched this but, movie once, so I but I've watched it two or three times. And I, I very much related to like the like a, a traditional family sort the of ostracization. Yes. And and I was to me I was like, mm, is this like a queer allegory? I don't and know. And for me, what I think it's Louisa is the older sister that's the buff the one. Strong one. She also kind of represents the like suppress yourself to yep. take care of the family. Look at that. Also, I think that checks out. Have you seen Luca? <gasps> that is the best. Oh my god! Does that, I'm obsessed with Luca. Does the yes. ending not seem a little queer coded to you? Does like oh, that a not, little? It's gay as right, hell. It is right. so gay. And but the are you talking about the well? I don't know. I don't want to spoil it. That, I feel like that <laughs> one's been out long enough. Has it? I don't know. It came out like last year. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about the the thing with the two? Yeah. Yes. Totally. Yes. One hundred percent. Because you see them like all the time. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, wait a second. They're what? Okay. If you haven't seen Luca, I cannot rave about it enough. It is amazing. You have to watch it. It's so good. Like, I, I, I don't know. I really love kids movies like that. You know, uh, Wreck-It Ralph is one of my favorites of all time, particularly Wreck-It Ralph 2 with all the princesses. Mm, I uh, loved that scene. Same. But Luca, Luca really takes my heart. I really want to watch it again now that you say that. Um. Also, have you seen Shit's Creek? Oh my god! I think that's another amazing example. That's an amazing rep- like amazing example because it's David's family doesn't question it. Mm-hmm. It's just it's very natural, and it's not made a big deal because David is also I think by or pan. I think it's pan. Oh, yeah, pan. From what I understand, um, from what I remember, David is pan, and it's just they don't question who he's dating mm-hmm. it's more they just question that he's dating really is right. the main thing <laughs> um so it's beautiful because it's just like they're loving and accepting no matter what yeah um i also think uh you know i, I we're talking a lot of, about a lot of like really modern um queer representation in media but i think that as well there is a lot of more vintage movies and things that i want to be more um well versed in I, I i mean the one for me that completely redirected my life and like helped me understand myself more was the rocky horror picture show yeah um it, you know having seen tim curry and drag and then just like the gender fuck of that whole movie it allowed me to really f- just feel that i don't have to dream it i can be it you know um so i think there's a lot of trailblazers out there like Troubles are movies that I I would like to become more well versed in. Yeah, definitely. There's some good ones out there. A big one that I am a huge proponent of that I am obsessed with myself is Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Yes. Um, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. It's also a Broadway show. I'm obsessed with the Neil Patrick Harris um cast recording. That's my favorite cast recording. And like, he's my favorite Hedwig from Broadway because mm. I've seen clips of different ones. There's been a lot of really good ones. 
If I remember correctly, I think Brendan Urie has played Hedwig. I know Darren Chris has also played Hedwig. Wait, is Brendan Urie? Is it the Panic, Panic at, the at the Disco? disco. Okay, okay. I'm going to have his babies one day. <laughs> Just keep trying. He's by. Just keep trying. Oh, okay. So there's kind of a Speaking of. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Okay, well, why don't we take a break and uh, bring it back and keep chatting away? Sounds like a plan. And we are back. Yes. And so we were talking about queer representation in media. Woo, so much fun. There's this new show that I have found on Netflix that I have become obsessed with that I have been recommending to everyone I can. What is it? It's called Dead End Paranormal Park. It's an animated show. Okay. And it's about these two characters that are unrelated that end up going to apply to work at this amusement park. And they end up getting the jobs. Um, one of the characters, Barney, Work. is a gay teenage Jewish trans boy. That just checks all the boxes, I guess. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, and then the other one is Norma, who is a Pakistani girl who is also presumably bisexual and is also autistic. Mm. So it's like all this beautiful representation all wrapped up into one. Yeah that like what box isn't getting checked you know what i mean because we're getting so much representation in this one show and it's it addresses issues like there is a part where there is a time where barney comes out to norma um and it's like this wow it almost made me cry yeah it was just so sweet and it was like not barney coming out as gay barney coming out as trans because being gay nothing was better than i at and it's just also reflecting what some of queer youth experience at home and how they feel at home. So it's like beautiful that this is something that people are, that youth today are going to have to be like, I'm not alone. Right. In how they feel. And that's why it's important. Like, I know, I know I see a lot of memes, especially from that just pop up on my Twitter from conservative people that somehow get onto my timeline about like, Oh, I'm going to make, Oh, it's Netflix. We're going to make this character like unnecessarily gay or whatever. And it's just, it, it's that right there is a perfect example of like why this representation is so needed. Right. Um, because we, uh, for folks who have never experienced that, they need to know like what, um, what queer folks are going through. Uh, and these, youngins who are coming up need to have a, a way to know how to have those conversations that feels natural to them. And it's also worth noting, I said that normal is autistic. This isn't all, this isn't just coming from somebody like the creator. Isn't somebody who is just a neurotypical person that's writing a autistic character. Mm. This is a autistic writer. Yeah. That it. So the series creator is also autistic and is using some of their personal experiences in writing this character. So it's beautiful because we just have all this representation for so many groups that don't get it all the time, all wrapped up in a spooky little bow. (laughs) That is so cute. I like am so obsessed with this show. Spooky. Okay. Is it scary though? Not like really. Oh, okay. 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 It's like kid friendly spooky. Mm, Like Halloween vibes, Halloween town, Disney channel, original movie. Yeah. I live. Um, another Netflix show that I recently had a big queer development was with Umbrella Academy. Um, yes. Elliot Page, uh, who 
formerly played a female character, um, they were able to... Uh, uh, the show was able to write their character as they went through the transition process right. to represent Elliot's gender, which is beautiful. It 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 really is because it was beautiful because Elliot Page's character pre-transition was already representation for queer community as mm-hmm. it was, so they weren't trying to erase Elliot Page's identity as it was at that time. Right, and now the fact that they are now just enhancing it and further pushing with his identity did have you watched season not th- the newest season okay. yet now there are a lot of things that they did in season three that i like particularly surrounding the way that elliot the the elliot's transition um was displayed but that season is not good like the, <laughs> the quality of it I'm, i don't know it's rough and i'm hoping that they'll get a season four because we really loved umbrella academy but by the end of season three danny and i were just like what the fuck is going on i haven't watched it yet uh, it's on my list i've got so many things that i need to watch and that i'm trying to watch especially yeah. when there's nine million series of drag race right now oh yeah and we have to keep up with all of them now because we have a podcast <laughs> and it's just like i have the energy to watch canada and that's it and then i end up forcing myself to watch down under but france france have you tried france not yet i see coco i see I don't know. Something. I see London. I see France. I, I see Flapjacks Underpants. Flapja- yes. France is so worth it. I, I, they're almost at the finale. Uh, so you better yeah. hop to it. And, but I wanted to say with Umbrella Academy, the it really is a good show. And the um, with Elliot's transition, like the, they just made it seem very natural. You know? Yeah. It, it did not feel forced. And they, it also wasn't unrealistic either. Um, it, there, there were moments where you know, someone said the wrong name for Elliot's character and then it showed how to correct that in a, in a beautiful, in a way that doesn't harp on it. You know, I need to watch. It's, it's really, really good. Um, only thing I don't like is Elliot had clearly had a haircut before filming episode one and the wig that they put on him (laughs) was bad, (laughs) like awful. And I was like, crime, get that thing off of him, please. (laughs) I will also say I did make that like reference about how much drag race there is to keep up. That's another thing that we probably should address is drag race. Yeah. It's yeah, for real. Like it's made so much of a difference in all the school representation. It's a good thing that we have it. And it's a good thing that all these countries are getting it. It's just, it's easy as drag artists and especially as people that drag race is native to the U S originally, it's easy for us to get burnout. Mm -hmm. Um, However, we've also got to look at it through the lens of these countries haven't had these opportunities. Right. France hasn't had these opportunities like Belgium, Brazil, Philippines, Holland. Holland. Like we've had this for 14 years. Thailand. We've had this for 14 years. Right. And these are their first opportunities. And it's great that it's booming. It's great that these queens should be more than just queens but it's great Mm -hmm. that these queens are getting opportunities um and i mean the simple thing is if you don't want to watch it you don't have to you don't have to but that does make it difficult when your favorites are on versus the world and then you're like i don't know who any of these other whores are (laughs) and now i have to go watch all these seasons right um but i I do think it's worth it like i i enjoy it a lot obviously i wouldn't i wouldn't be doing this if i didn't you know um another person i wanted to discuss and I guess get your thoughts on is Ezra Miller. Um, because I don't know. Ezra has been super problematic recently and it actually 
kind of breaks my heart because Ezra was in Perks of Being a Wallflower. Perks of Being a Wallflower. They were also a DC character. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not the scary sound. I meant to hit boo. <laughs> okay, I'm very bad at working the soundboard, apparently. <laughs> um, there was a time and place where I very much loved them. Yeah. And also, I've seen very mixed of how this is happening on the internet. You can critique somebody and their actions and say that they're doing things that are wrong. You can do that without misgendering them. Precisely. And I've seen people that do excellent jobs at that. And I have seen people that do terrible jobs at that. Be one of the people that does an excellent job at it. Right. It's like, like it's like with Caitlyn Jenner. Like, I, right. She has done awful things for the queer community, like has not We're, helped us. But because it's one of those things, think about it from the lens of your friends or people that you may know that might be trans or non-binary. Yep. If they see you invalidate somebody's gender just because they are doing inappropriate behavior that makes them wonder what are you doing behind their back Mm -hmm. and with that being said i know demi lovato recently shared that she is using both they and she pronouns yes um but and that's made a big old stink and yeah and but but but, just like let the bitch do what she wants do what they want Either one is okay. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, the thing for me that is making it so difficult to have these conversations is the fact that like news outlets clearly are not educated on this or they're intentionally trying to... I literally saw a post that it was like, Demi Lovato is just going by she, her now. And, and it's like, like, that's not that correct. That is incorrect. It, like misinformation. Right. I, so... I, I I don't know I don't know Demi's journey or anything like that. I just know that when someone says the pronouns that they want to be referred to right. as, we should just respect it. And it's not that hard. If I remember correctly, when I read something about it, some of it also came from the ease of using she/her and also learning to embrace the feminine side again. So, because mm. there is a certain ease when you're non-binary to use your assigned at birth pronouns on top of they, them, there is a certain ease that comes with that. Sure. I have been one of those people that did that. I no longer try to do that. I prefer they, them, um, people that are close to me outside of family, because I'm not out as non-binary to family, but like people that are close to me in my life know that I go by they, them. And that's what I am referred to as. So, yeah, I, for me, I go by he, she, and they pronouns. Um, but in my job, I meet so many new people. I yeah, I just only say the he, him. But and I mean, I'm always sure to say those pronouns because I think that it's important to introduce yourself with that and to give other folks the opportunity, the chance to know. Okay, it's a normal and it's okay to say that. Right. Um, but in my job, like I, I don't know, I've, I have kind of felt restricted recently because it's like I I know that I could say that I use he, she, and they if I wanted to, but I also work with a lot of people who are coming into um, the school that I work at, and I don't want to put myself in a position where I have to explain my gender identity every single day to parents. Um, So I I don't know. That's that's been more of a struggle for me recently, and it's something that's like weighing on me more because I don't – It's I'm kind of stuck between this. I don't know if it's the fact that I'm experiencing – dysmorphia more because people are only referring to me with he, him pronouns or if it's just, I feel guilty 
for not saying he, she, and they, um, and, and being like, I'm and it could be a combination of any of it. Like, but I, you know, someone that I really respect once said that just because you don't give all of yourself all at once, that doesn't mean you're not being authentic. Um, so that has given me some ease in knowing like, I'm just being the most authentic self that I can in the setting that I'm in. And I think, right. I don't know. I think that's fair. And it's like one of those things too. Like if I'm just going to the grocery store and somebody uses he, him pronouns on me in the grocery store, especially as someone that is more masculine presenting, um, I'm not just gonna be like, no, you use the wrong pronouns. Like I'm probably never going to see you again. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, just how about this? Instead of, if you're listening, you probably already do this because you're listening to us. Yeah, you're listening to the non-binary drag queen. But <laughs> a good rule of thumb is whenever you don't know somebody's gender and you're going to use pronouns, use they, them. It's a safe bet. Now, if you know their pronouns and their pronouns are not they, them, do not. But if you don't know their pronouns, the safe bet is always going to be they, them. What to you feels best when someone misgenders you but someone else corrects like corrects that per- like what how do you i don't know uh, what, what what feels most comfortable to you when that happens it's a depends on the circumstance okay because i have been in many a circumstances because i have been in an example of i was out in public at a store that we had just gone into a store and like one of my friends well-intentioned um had corrected the worker or might have i can't even remember all the details but i think it was like they might have used um they them pronouns for me and the worker was like confused and something like that and they were like yeah they're non-binary they go by they them pronouns oh like explaining like your whole life like and i'm just like (laughs) That's not your story to tell. That's my Mm. story to tell. But like if you're correcting somebody's pronouns that it's like you're in the friend group and it's somebody that that person is already out to. That's really the key here. They, the person needs to be out to whoever you're Mm. correcting because it's not your job to out somebody. True. True. It's a really tricky road because you don't want to just like let people slide with like using the wrong pronouns all the time. I'm bad about letting some of my really close friends do it sometimes because I know it's not ill intentioned. Yeah. I let it slide more than I should. And like, I really do need to stick up for myself more, but I know it's not ill intentioned. I I find it a lot easier when a friend is an active bystander, you know? And if, if someone, you know, I, for me, it's, it's rare that someone gets it wrong for me because I use he, she, and they. I mean, right. if someone called me Z or something, I would also feel fine with that. But which I mean, is one of the neo pronouns, right? And I don't know. It does. It does. It's not wrong. But he, she, and they is you know my my usual go tos. And but for for from what I have seen, and the thing that I am I, I feel most comfortable putting into practice is just anytime someone gets someone's pronouns wrong, I'm just saying, oh, he, you know, and but correcting yeah. it. Every single time, not in a rude way, just he, you know. And I think a good thing, too, is if you are somebody and you get somebody's pronouns wrong, you take it 
You say, thank you, and you move on. Mm -hmm. Don't apologize. Yeah, because then that makes... That makes the situation about you. Mm -hmm. Whether you mean it that... Mean for it to or not, it makes the situation about you. And then also, it makes the person that you're apologizing to feel like they have to say... It's okay. It's okay. And it's not okay. You shouldn't have to say it's okay for somebody to misgender you. Right. And I mean, slip ups happen, you know, I'm non-binary. We're here having this conversation. And literally this past weekend, I called a non-binary friend who uses they, them. I use he. And I was like, oh, they, excuse me. Just try to move on. And I always feel so embarrassed. And I'm like, I want to apologize. And it feels like the world is crashing around me in those moments. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And we all make those mistakes. We all make those mistakes. What is important is to correct it and move on. Because when, for me personally, and I don't speak for everybody, but for me personally, when somebody will just correct it and move on, like just and moves on like it didn't happen, but they've corrected it, to me is what means more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I it's like I, I am. I don't know. It, it understands that it shows that they understand and they've done their research and that yeah. they are choosing to respect you. And yeah, um, yeah, I hear that. I'm sorry in that just on its own. But. Anyways, I, I don't know. I feel like we've talked about so much today so with representation of media. This is a very educational episode right. here at Flapping and Fawning. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? I think that was just about everything. Okay. Well, thanks everyone for listening to Flapping, Flapping and, and Fawning. Fawning. We'll be back next week with an interview with the one and only Hillary Yass. Yes. But I did spend this one night in a ditch. That's her, everybody. We'll I'm see so you excited. <laughs> it's going to be so blast. excited. for listening to Flapping and Fawning. Music by Elliot Nass. Promotional art by Danny Lee. Hosts are Flapjack. Oh, hey, that's me. And I'm Fawn. You can follow me on Instagram at fawn.fawn.fawn. And you can follow me over at Instagram as well and pretty much any other social media platform at flapjquellen, F-L-A-P-J-A-C-Q-U-E-L-I-N-E. Connect with us on social media on Instagram at Flapping and Fawning Pod and on Twitter at and fawn pod oh and make sure you check out the links in our bio to buy some merch you can also connect with us via gmail at flapping and fawning pod at gmail.com see you next time bye Ta-ta.